Hello and welcome into the latest edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show from your Front Range Toyota Store Studios presented by Johnson Financial Group. It's time to talk a little Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse as we head into another home week at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. The Pioneers back home coming up this Saturday afternoon to take on the Villanova Wildcats. Joined by the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. My name is Tyler Mon. Coach, uh, it's it's finally, well, I know not today, spring weather, but uh, we're getting close <laughs> to spring weather and you get a chance to, to bring your guys back. Uh, for home game number one on this conference slate. Um, we'll talk about this past weekend against Georgetown, but tell me about uh, where your guys are now, kind of staring down the, the final five games of this season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I guess it could be considered good news or it could be considered bad news, depends, because that, you know, that identifies our season and nothing's changed. You know, nothing has changed. We've gone from a great win to a disappointing loss, to a tough loss, to a great win, to a tough loss, to another great win, to now another tough loss. And so sitting at four and four um, with opportunities that we've had, and uh, we have another one coming up this week. And and interestingly enough, the, the guys that we play have done well enough that if we do defeat them like Carolina, not sure about Ohio State anymore, but, um, you know, we're, we're still in the hunt. And so once you're still in the hunt, uh, um, you know, the excitement's still there. The kids are, the guys are phenomenal, as we've been saying all year long. They work hard and they care so much and they deserve, in my mind, they deserve a break. And uh, so we got a chance for a great Villanova team that, you um, you know, beat us last year in the in the semifinals of the Big East tournament, and um, we'll see how it goes. All right, Coach. Well, let's talk about this past weekend. You go on the road to Georgetown, uh, a team that we talked about a lot last week and kind of how they were rounding into form. They had a tough start to the season, but really as their guys have gelled, uh, it, the team has shown why they were picked as, you know, the preseason favorite in this conference. And for a lot of people, the preseason favorite to win the national championship. Uh, you go on the road, tough trip, tough place to play uh, and take a loss. It's the first loss by more than a two-goal margin this season. It's a 13-6 final. And it seemed like it really swung on that big first half run. I know Georgetown had a seven goal run in the first half. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from, from that Saturday? Well, you know, again, the good news was we got off to a good start, which has been um, one of the main goals of our, of our season this year. We got off two nothing playing great. We actually played for 12 minutes in that first quarter as good a defense as you can play against a really good lacrosse team. So we're up two nothing with three minutes left and we take a penalty, which was fine. You know, uh, Jack Benedetto is covering uh, Tucker Dordovec, who arguably one of the best players in the country and doing an amazing job. His stick slipped up. He did get him in the neck and, and so be it, but they make it a non-releasable penalty. So now it's two minutes, basically, uh, you know, two man up goals happen. So now it's two, two like this. And then they get one to end the, the first quarter. It's three, two. And I felt like God, we're down one and, and we totally dominated everything other than the faceoffs. And, uh, and here we go. They get one early in the second quarter four two, but we're still fine. We're still playing great defense. We just couldn't get the ball back. And, and uh, you know, um, they did a great job facing off. It was the first game all year that we've lost face-offs. Our wings didn't help staff very much. And, uh, um, you know, and then it's bang, bang, bang. 
three goals in, in, a, in a matter of a minute, minute and a half. And now you go from 4-2 where you're totally in it uh, to 7-2. to two. And then you just see the resolve in our guys again. And we get the last two and a half and you're 7-4 and saying, okay, you know, we weren't great. We gave them seven straight goals, but we, we weren't great. But we fought back at two more to make it 7-4. And uh, we actually felt okay going into the second half. And then sure enough, 30 seconds into the second half, they get one. And now you're fighting upstream against a team that's winning faceoffs uh, and and being very patient with the ball. So we got a little dose of our own medicine. The things that stand out on the stat sheet when you look at that game from Saturday, of course, are total shots, shots on goal. Uh, the turnovers, that category actually ends up even. It's 18 turnovers apiece. Um, and now that's something that kind of plays in different dynamics as the game goes along. But was the the face-off game the biggest key to the shots and shots on goal margin? I know it was a two-to-one margin in total shots, 46-23 for Georgetown. Shots on goal was 25-14. Um, what contributed most? Losing face-offs. You know, we just never had the ball. And to their credit, they were smart they took they took shots when they had it but they they you know we always talk about how many pipes we hit they must have hit eight or ten pipes which gives you you know a feeling of okay we're a little lucky there but not only did it do that but importantly in a game like that um they got the rebound in, in quotes and that starts a new shot clock and one of their possessions was four minutes and 41 seconds. And so you just, you just can't, you can't score if you don't have the ball. And then even if you do score and you're, you're not winning faceoffs, it's, it's, it's a trouble. It reminded me a lot, uh, the score wasn't, but it reminded me a lot on the flip side of what we kind of did to North Carolina. We won faceoffs, we were patient with the ball, we hit some pipes, we scored enough goals to win. And then you walk off the field going, Wow, how did we do that? Um, so, uh, look, to Georgetown's credit, um, they got a lot of good players. They're very deep. I don't know how they were 0-3, but uh, they're, they're back now. Coach, the other um, thing that really feels like it's sort of the gut check category statistically for your guys is ground balls. And you mentioned it with the rebounds and, and things that generated extra opportunities. But Georgetown won 40 of 58 ground balls uh, in that game. When you talk to your guys uh, or listen to your guys talk amongst themselves after a game like that, what's the conversation like? when that category doesn't go your way? Because it seems like face-offs sometimes are kind of a coin flip, uh, you know, like you said, hitting pipes, um, being able to make the extra passes or connect on passes that can be difficult. Um, those are in one category, but battling for ground balls, I know is something that you guys take a lot of pride in. For that to have been so heavily slanted one way, um, what do you talk to your guys about in that category? Well, what you have to do is exactly what you alluded to is you have to do the math, right? Their face-off guy had nine ground balls. Okay, that's nine lost face-offs to their guy. Uh, they had, as I said, eight pipes, and we only got possession on one of them. So there's seven more. That's 15 ground balls that are not contested. That's just 15 ground balls that you put in their category. Now you go and do the math, what becomes important are those ground balls that he didn't win to himself and that staff didn't win to himself because he won six or seven. Um, 
was the, the key element was the wings of the face-offs. I, I mentioned that earlier. We didn't battle for the with their wings of the face-offs. And there was often times where Stath did everything he could, could do. He beat them on the clamp. He got the ball out. Uh, their guy got the ball out. And it just became a two-on-two two or three-on-three three battle for those ground balls and the face-off. And, and they won, I bet you they won 90% of those. And so that's where you look at the ground ball statistics and say, that's where you got dominated. You know, if you're losing face-offs and the other guy's getting them by himself, eh, you know, better guy that day. Uh, if you're giving up rebounds and or pipes, those are easy ground balls for the offense. <coughs> but, and then also we had eight clearing turnovers that ended up in ground balls that went into their stick. So I don't want to diminish that stat because it was the first one I read to the team after the game. But as we re-examined it, um, it was telling that where where it came into play mostly was at the face-off wing play. Overall, Coach, it seems as though um, that's a performance. It's kind of tough when you get the the two conference heavyweights, um, you know, traditionally or historically over the last decade, and you play each other in week one of the conference season. Um, but it feels like you get a very good measuring stick for what it means for the final four games of conference play. Obviously, you'll get the non-conference game in there against Towson as well. Um, when you look at this one, it doesn't seem as though uh, you're you're extraordinarily disappointed with the way the guys played. Um, are there enough good things that you can take out of this into Villanova and beyond that you feel like it's a building block for the remainder of this conference season and on into the tournament? No. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, it, this was one that we just, we didn't do anything right. And yes, uh, you know, uh, we're, you know, we had a couple of nice goals. Yes, uh, we had a couple of uh, really good clears. Yes, we uh, we played some good defense over the course of time. First 12 minutes, 10 minutes in the middle of the second quarter. And honestly, second half, holding them to six. After that first one, holding them to five. And, and a couple got called, you know, scored in junk time when we were chasing a little bit. We actually played okay. Our goalie play was fine. You know, Malcolm made seven saves in the first quarter. Um, so that's pretty good. So now as you've got me answering that question, a um, uh, little, little less, uh, uh, you know, um, on the negative side to say, there's always good things. There's always positive stuff. You got, you got, and you've heard me say this a thousand times. We have, a wonderful group of young men that want to please us, want to work hard, want to be great teammates. We just, we didn't have it that day. And if you look at every team in the country, uh, not everybody has pretty much had a day. When, when Maryland gets beat by Michigan by five goals, you go, whoa, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's Black Saturday. You know, there, there was a lot of upsets, a lot of weird scores. And we were one of them. What's disappointing is the missed opportunity. And, and, and that's what, you know, we got to move on from because we got another great one this weekend. Very good team coming into town on Saturday. And we will talk about them, the Villanova Wildcats, after a break. It's the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from your Front Range Toyota Store Studios. Back in a minute on 104.3 The Fan HD3. 
We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. Let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Back inside the Front Range Toyota Store Studios on 104.3 The Fan HD3. It's the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group talking Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse with the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. My name is Tyler Mon. Coach, before we preview what you got coming up this weekend, I want to ask you about another uh, tremendous team and tremendous accomplishment on the DU sports landscape. Denver women's gymnastics headed to the national championships coming up next Thursday uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, an unbelievable accomplishment to knock out the school's uh, that they knocked out uh, this past weekend. You look at the the big name programs. Michigan was in town. Cal's in town. Just the the accomplishments that you see from a team uh, that goes to an event like this. There are blue blood athletic departments across the country that are going to be in that national championships discussion. And then there's DU as well. And that is such a cool thing for this athletic department. Uh, what does that mean when you guys see what Melissa Kutcher Reinhardt and that program have built? Obviously, uh, being a team that's won a national championship yourselves, uh, it's very cool, I would imagine, to see that for other sports in the athletic department. Yeah, it's that's a wow. You know, uh, Melissa has done such an amazing job. I remember back in 2015 when we got back from the championship, Melissa coming to me and saying, could you could you tell me how to win a national championship? And, and all I said to her is, I said, Melissa, you're on your way. You, you know, you're, everything you do, everything your young athletes do, is is exactly what you need them to do and uh um fast forward to last wednesday before we left i asked her you know what her chances were for the weekend and look they've had massive injuries they've had they've had situations where some of their some of their role players uh, whatever you want to call them backup gymnasts have stepped up big time and i'm not quite sure that other than her support of her team, her, the culture she's built, the, 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 the hard work that they put in, the togetherness of that group, that's what won the, this event. And, and for, for them to not only make it past Friday, but then, and then not squeak in on Sunday, but win on Sunday, just, I, I think right now, um, her team is, is the, poster child for what the University of Denver Athletic Department's all about. And a huge congratulations uh, to Melissa and to that whole squad. And we're all going to be pulling uh, for the Pioneers coming up next week in Fort Worth. And uh, Coach, your team, you get a chance to return home. And it feels like it has been a while uh, since you've been at home. I know it hasn't been quite that long, but uh, you look back over the scope of this season and uh, your last home game was on March 19th. You had the off week, then you go on the road to Georgetown. And now you come back to take on Villanova. And this has been 
always a very entertaining series for those of us who watch uh, between these two programs. For you guys, uh, I would imagine it's been maybe more stressful than just straight entertaining. But uh, this Villanova team uh, comes in after having won last year uh, against the Pioneers in the conference tournament uh, in the semifinal round. And this year they come in having played really well to start the year. They're eight and two. Uh, they had a win over a, a ranked Delaware team earlier this year, a win over a ranked Penn team. They had a loss to Brown a couple of weeks ago on their home field and then bounce back with a big win over St. John's. Uh, what stands out to you most about the, the 2023 edition of the Wildcats? Well, first of all, they got everybody back and, and they've got a, uh, they've got, you know, a handful of big time offensive players. They're so well coached defensively and they've got a great goalie. And by the way, the, the three big face-off guys in our conference are, at Georgetown, Denver, and and Villanova, and so it's uh, that's going to be uh, you know the big challenge as well. But um, they just are really sound. They they're kind of a loosey goosey bunch. They they kind of they take shots when they have them. They're they're very confident. Uh, they bounce around, and and this Matt Campbell kid is is a load. He is he's a great midfielder, and and uh, and so um, you know. Uh, earlier in our tenure in the Big East, we, we, we had done really well, but, uh, you know, we lost to them, as you mentioned, in the semifinals last year after having beaten them in a really close game. So it's always been a tough game. Another year, I, don't, I forget what year it was, a few years ago, they beat us in the regular season, which was our first loss in the regular season in a while. Um, and then we, we, we uh, lost to them. Um, I'm sorry, we beat them in, in, the, in the tournament. And so um, it's, it's just been, a, it's, it's a, uh, you know, as, as close and as tough a rivalry as there's been in the league. And they've certainly uh, earned their right to be the favorite. The uh, lessons that you take out of last Saturday to apply to this week, what do your guys need to learn from the Georgetown game that you can apply going into Villanova. Being back on your home field obviously helps. Uh, it's supposed to be a, a great weather weekend. You've got the momentum of, uh, you know, going into a conference home game for the first time this season. But there are a lot of things I know that you guys want to shore up. What are the biggest lessons from Georgetown that you want your guys to be able to implement against Villanova? Well, first of all, we had eight turnovers in the clearing game. And that has not been our, our MO this year. Matt Brown does our clearing game. And They've been phenomenal. None of those turnovers had anything to do with anything other than a lack of focus or a bad pass or a bad attempt at a catch. And, you know, those are tough turnovers because in the middle of the field, the ball is bouncing around. You never know what's going to happen. It's not, not choreographed in any way. And so we, we can't give that to Villanova because they will shove it down your throat. They have no no fear about shooting the ball in the first 10 seconds of a, of a shot clock. So we have to, we have to clear perfectly. We have to, again, win face-offs. We have to, um, you know, do get 50% in, in our goalie play and, uh, you know, continue to, to, to probe on offense, continue to be, try to be a little bit more confident on offense. I think we passed up some shots the other day against Georgetown that, we could have taken because we were down and we've, we've got guys that, uh, you know, didn't want to make a mistake. And that's what you get with young offensive players. And, and so um, 
all those things. But the one we mentioned before, the, the ground ball war is going to be key as well. I remember early on in this season, uh, or maybe it was in our preseason conversation, we talked about the need um, to getting Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium back to the place where when you walk into that building or you step onto the sideline, your guys know we're winning this game. Uh, last year, you're five and three at home. The year before that, you're six and one at home. But this year, you've started off three and oh. And for your guys, it feels like every week, if you can continue to play well at home, it builds up sort of an unspoken um, mode of confidence that you get to carry into games. What does it do for your guys uh, if they do have that attitude, that confidence uh, on your home field that it's going to be a difficult day for whoever's coming in? As they can continue to build that, how much does that help factor into these final few games down the stretch that you do have big ones at home? Well, oh, Peter Barton Stadium is is an amazing place to play. It's one of the best atmos atmospheres in Division One lacrosse. People don't like playing here very much, as we see with a gap in our schedule two weeks ago. And uh, um, so we've got to we got to make sure that that stays a positive for us. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a great crowd, and hopefully we'll you know we're going to have great weather. So it'll be it'll be an opportunity. Uh, in April to finally see a nice spring game and, uh, and, and an atmosphere that, that helps, helps us. Um, the bottom line is guys still have to throw, catch, pick up ground balls and score and stop them from scoring. But uh, you're absolutely right. Where our, our issue over the year has been not so much how we're going to perform at Peter Barton Stadium, but how we're going to perform the week after that when we, we go on the road because we, we don't have any back-to-back -back games at at Peter Barton this year. So uh, it's a great place. It's an amazing place to play. We, we're so thankful for all the support we get uh, when we play at home. And uh, I know the guys get juiced up when we get to play here. Well, and the crazy thing is only five total home games this year. Um, and this week kicks off a stretch of three games in seven days, really. You'll play Villanova at home on Saturday. You're on the road at Towson for the final non-conference game of the season on Thursday. And then you visit St. John's. Um, it's obviously important to get wins in conference play no matter what, but kicking off a stretch like this, how crucial is Saturday to get off on the right note, knowing that your guys are going to be playing, you know, three very uh, talented opponents over a, a week span. Yeah, it's huge. And, and look, when you schedule these things, it was, there were a lot of glitches in scheduling. As I said earlier, people don't want to come here. It was our turn. Thankfully, Coach Nadlin at Towson is one of the few who will play a, a home and home schedule uh, without, you know, going into panic mode. And, and uh, um, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't fill that same Saturday with his with that game with Towson because of uh, they in their conference they switched conferences and they added two teams and blah 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 you know basically we if we were going to play it had to be on this trip uh, throw in St John's that now has new coaching staff and a new life and uh, and it's going to be a challenge but uh, part of my thinking was if you're going to win the Big East tournament which we got to qualify for first, obviously. If you're going to win that, you got to win two games in three days. And this was kind of a, a mini version of that. All right, Coach. Well, a big weekend coming up at Peter Barton Lacrosse Stadium. Our final point, uh, the biggest keys for your guys going into Villanova. You're taking on a really talented team. You're back at home. Uh, it's a big weekend, especially coming off of last week at Georgetown. What do you most want to see from your guys uh, when that first ball is down on Saturday? Yeah, it's, you know, we always talk about getting off to a good start. 
This week, it flips a little bit into not letting them get off to a good start. We've got to make sure that we that we have the ball a little bit and, and we're playing smart and uh, not letting them get explosive like they did last year in the semifinal. So um, that's number one. We got to, you know, we got to understand who they are. As I mentioned, uh, Matt Campbell, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, they got six or seven guys could put the ball on the goal. So we, you know, we got to stop a good offensive team. If we can hold them to single digits, you know, then maybe we have a chance here. Um, but I, I, I love our guys and I love their attitude in practice these days. And, uh, you know, as we told them, we're not quitting on them and they're not, I know they're not, they'll never quit on each other, which is, which is so important. And, uh, you know, when you, when you sign up for this thing, whether you're coaching, you're playing in it, or even when you're broadcasting it, these are the kinds of days that, that you do this for. And, and we're excited about the opportunity. We know how big a game it is. And uh, I'm sure our guys are going to give it their best. Well, coming up on Saturday, 12 o'clock, the Pioneers and the Villanova Wildcats. That's an 11.30 Pioneer pregame right here on 104.3 The Fan HD3. And he's the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. Coach, looking forward to getting back out there on Saturday and seeing you guys. And uh, best of luck. We'll talk to you this weekend. Thanks, Tyler. Wrapping up this week's episode of the Coach Bill Tierney Show from the Front Range Toyota Store Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group. We'll talk to you on Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Pioneer pregame for Denver and Villanova. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously. But as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah. That's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more. Toyota, let's go places. Your Front Range Toyota Store is proud to be the exclusive automotive partner of your DU Pioneers.